Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hillary Milnes, and with me this week is Brooklyn Decker, who is the co-founder of Wardrobe Operating System Finery. Thanks for coming in, Brooklyn. Thank you for having me. Of course. So obviously you've done a lot of other things besides Finery, which, which we'll, we'll touch on as well, but we're here to talk about it because it's a take on a virtual closet. Um which feels like something that's been in the works since everyone saw Clueless. Yes. Like the number of times we've heard this is the Clueless closet come to life so many times. So what, And but really nothing has ever stuck. Uh, <laughs> exactly. What makes Finery different? Well, the whole idea behind a virtual closet is so that our lives can run a little bit more efficiently, right? The idea behind it is like, let's simplify everything and consolidate all of our stuff in one place so we can actually see what we have. And then get we can shop from there, we can get styled from there, we can get dressed from there. But the problem is, with previous virtual closets, when you require all manual data entry, you're totally contradicting everything that the the site or the app is all about. Right. And so for us, what makes us different is that we have proprietary technology that fully automates basically the uploading process for your closet. So we're really good with online shoppers because we can get all of your online purchases automatically put into one closet at one time. As soon as you log in, we start just uploading all of your items. Mm-hmm. And then we have something that works kind of like a Pinterest button. It's our browser extension. So we say if you Google it, you can add it to your wardrobe. So instead of having to take a picture of your favorite pair of pants or that blazer you wear every day, you can just Google, you know, uh, let's see, free people, black blazer. And if a picture comes up, you can just add it to your wardrobe. And so the idea is we want to save women time. And nothing has really done that in an automated way with technology before. Right. So I think what you touched on exactly what has been a big barrier, which is the idea of taking a photo and, and uploading that yourself. So can you d- just explain like when you got you and you and Whitney, your co-founder, mm-hmm. were yeah. working on this, did you kind of like how did you come across this this I this idea, the technology that would make it that easy and and how did you account for for everything after that? So we looked at other systems out there that kind of automated sort of previously antiquated processes. So you look at something like Mint and it brings and consolidates all of your finances into one place. Tripit does the same thing. It gets your email confirmations when you order a, when you buy a flight or you order a hotel room, whatever it may be, it puts it onto one itinerary for you. And we said there have, there has to be something for your closet, especially as you know, we are moving, shopping is moving online in a really quick way mm-hmm. and retailers are trying to keep up. So there has to be a way that we can do this and use similar technology to get all of your online purchases into one place. Mm-hmm. So we really tapped into those companies to figure out how they did it. And we did basically the same thing, but with your clothing. Ours is incredibly complex. Uh, there's a reason that it hasn't existed before until now. And we realized it took us about a year and a half to build the technology. We hired an incredible team to do it because Whitney and I are not coding. <laughs> um, but it, it, it definitely, uh, it, it was out there, but it just took women to understand the pain point to then find the solution. Right. And what were the major pain points that you kind of had to work out throughout the technology? So just to like quickly recap how it works, it pulls 
everything you've bought online through your email confirmation receipts. Exactly. And then that's wardrobe related. Right. So we shouldn't get your vacuums <laughs> right. or anything inappropriate that you might have purchased online mm-hmm. should not show up in your finery wardrobe. Right. It's exclusive to wardrobe related items. And then if you bought something offline, how do you incorporate that? So again, if you Google it, you can add it. So as long as you can Google an item, again, like a free people jacket or H&M black skirt, whatever it may be, if you can Google an image with the extension, you just add it to your wardrobe. Um, worst case scenario, last case scenario, we you can take a picture. But again, because that's sort of been the outdated way of adding items to your wardrobe, we want that to be something that's used for you know, your favorite sweater that your grandma knitted you or that vintage dress you found on the street, whatever it may be, we want it to be for special pieces that are one of a kind. Right. So now that you have, so you can pull everything together and then it looks kind of like, like a, an online retail store would look, but exactly. it's all stuff that you already own. Yep. What's the goal? What do, what, what do women then do from there? What, what all can you do with that? So it's funny because Whitney would get this question a lot in the beginning and she's like, it's like fantasy football. You get all your players and what do you do? You play <laughs> with them. And for us, you think about all the ways you interact with your wardrobe. You get dressed, you plan outfits, you pack, you accumulate all the things you want to buy online and several shopping carts across several different sites. Anything that you do relating to your wardrobe, we actually do on Finery. Mm-hmm. So the idea is to not only follow the full life cycle of a clothing piece, but also to take everything that you could do with your wardrobe across the web and put it into one place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get on there, you can create outfits. You can add them to calendar, which is one of my favorite features because, for example, we're coming to New York today and I don't want to spend the two hours a week getting dressed that the average woman spends, right? So you can, I can be in a cab or you know, on a flight, whatever it may be, and create an outfit, put it in a calendar date, set it to a meeting, and then Finery will email you saying, this is the outfit you have set to wear tomorrow. Um, we give you wishlist notifications if you're wishlist items go on sale. Um, If you buy something and you have a return window, I think a lot of women have this pain point of like, I forgot I had to return it. I forgot I only had three days left. And then I missed it. And I just ate 50 bucks that I you know, spend on a pair of pants mm-hmm. I don't want to have. And so we give you return window notifications. Basically anything that you can do with your wardrobe, we do at Finery. That's that. I mean, that's crazy because you can just imagine all of the time that, that you save in terms of, um, getting dressed in the morning, even just sort of haunting like retailer sites to try to figure out the the FAQs. But I'm sure it takes, so you guys have been live for what, about a year now? Exactly. We launched last April. Oh, nice. Yep. So what's the, what feedback have you gotten from customers? Because I'm sure it's still a certain type of person that's going to take to this. The type of probably organized person already who has all of their their mints and their other agendas lined up online. So I think the biggest thing for us is that the more you shop online, the better it is for you. So mm-hmm. for women who don't really shop online, again, it requires that manual entry. And of course, we make it much more streamlined with our browser extension. Um, so it's easier than any sort of previous virtual closet that's existed, but it still mm-hmm. takes time. And again, that's not really what we want our user doing. The idea is to save them time, not make them spend time. Um, and so any criticism we've, we've gotten have been from users who aren't big online shoppers. Uh, fortunately for us, as most of shopping moves online and as we see shopping trends go online with millennials, you would expect the generation after that to follow. Right. Um, we think that'll sort of be a problem of ancient history in a few years, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's probably been one of our biggest criticisms is getting stuff online. And also, um, you know, the reason this hasn't existed before is because it's incredibly complex complex technology. And so uh, we're, we're still working to perfect it. Um, our, our, you know, the, the information we collect on the item is 100% accurate, but the image isn't always 100% accurate. Right. Um, fortunately, within the first few images, we get it right. Um, but those are the kinks we're working through. But for, you know, 10 months in, it's pretty precise. Yeah, that's, 
and I think um, as people are shopping more and more online, it's still it's it still like feels like it's stalled at about like ten percent. Um, what about I'm sure mobile as well that mm-hmm. that fits just as easily. But do you hope that this kind of pushes people to to do more shopping online? I mean, our whole theory is that we don't actually want you to shop more. You know, our Uh idea is like, we want you to shop what you already have. 80% of your clothing goes unworn in your closet. And it's not because you don't like what you have. It's because you can't actually see what you have. It's Mm -hmm. sitting in the back of your closet collecting dust. And so for us, it's less about pushing our users to shop more and more about pushing them to wear what they already have. And if they're going to shop, shop strategically, be informed with your decisions. You know, for example, if you, you know, what we love about mobile and we recently launched mobile is that, you know, when you are in a store, for example, and you see a coat that you like, you can go in finery and say, oh, you can scroll through your things and say, I already own two black coats. I probably don't need a third. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is just to inform our users on what they already have so that they can shop strategically. That makes a lot of sense considering when we look at other retail trends that are that are really dominating fashion right now, which is shop more sustainably, mm-hmm. have a more streamlined wardrobe. Uh, yeah. You And you weren't in retail before this, of no. course. <laughs> so when you, when you looked at the retail industry, objectively, almost as an outsider, mm-hmm. what were the things that you identified that you th- felt that uh, Finery could fix? The biggest thing for me was that I didn't think that retailers knew their customer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at a lot of these traditional retailers and they don't even have their online purchases merged with their in-store purchases. They don't know, you know, if you go into any store and buy something in store, you may have spent a ton of money online and they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just how sort of far behind technology uh, traditional retailers are was very surprising to me. Um, and from the outside looking in, you know, as someone who I'm inundated with advertising all the time, I don't mind seeing ads. I want them to be tailored to what I like. I think that's what Instagram's doing so well. It's so right. well tailored that when you're given ads because they're they're so perfectly suited to your needs and wants, you don't mind seeing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that retail was just behind. And again, uh, trying to just everything the the life cycle of clothing is so quick now and shopping is so quick now that it's all about just consumption, consumption, consumption. It's like how can we streamline this process right. and really push quality over quantity mm-hmm. um, and again just shopping intelligently over just simply consuming because you, you can already see in your mind like how, what wardrobe transparency which is really what refinery promotes could stop you from making that that Zara purchase because you can see like two weeks later like oh why did I buy that uh, and then it leaves your wardrobe much faster than things that you're actually investing in yeah. um, and obviously retailers inability to really connect the dots between online and offline is a big part of what we cover every day mm-hmm. so do you see finery becoming almost like a resource for retailers to look at or, or do you see any sort of potential partnership there so, so far we don't, we're really brand agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that because we didn't, you know, we have the technology to be able to get into your wardrobe and provide you a service without having to have any sort of brand loyalty. Right. And so for us, we really respond to our users first. Um, they're the most important to us. And so we let them guide us. Um, you know, initially, for example, when we started Finery, we wanted it to be a really private experience. We thought that what was in a woman's closet is her own business and she doesn't want to share it. What we found from our users is they actually do want to share what they have. They mm-hmm. want to share with their friends. They want to share their wish list. They want to see what their friends are wearing to certain events. And so we're now, we have a shareable wish list and we're working on a shareable wardrobe. So we're very responsive to our users' needs. Um, What we found with our users is they actually do want to shop, but they want it to be things that 
they're told to buy are things that already go with what they have. So I do think there's potential to partner with retailers to say, you know, this is what our user likes. This is where she shops. Feed her something that she's going to love, that mm-hmm. she's going to have for years, not just something that she's going to buy and throw away. Right. Um, but again, we really report to our users and what they want. We haven't partnered yet, mm-hmm. um, but I do think there's potential down the road. Right. So it sounds like there's also going to be a little bit of a social element. Uh, do you want to talk more about that? We try to avoid going social. Uh-huh. Um, and we also try to avoid going sort of the influencer route, but we found that people really do want to share. And it makes sense. I mean, when you think about it, you're getting ready for your friend's wedding and you usually send a picture of what you're wearing to your girlfriend to say, are you wearing, like, what's what's the dress code? What are you wearing? And so people want to share what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, you know, again, we say we want to follow, follow the full life cycle of an item of clothing. If you think about when you're finished wearing something, what do you do with it? Well, usually it sits in your closet. Um, but there's potential here, and we haven't tapped into it yet, but there's potential to to share your items mm-hmm. or swap or sell. Um, and I think if we're really sort of helping women prune their wardrobe and really keeping what works for them, it's it's an invaluable tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think there's a lot of potential with the sort of social element, but more on like a, a, a feature for them to, again, help their lives mm-hmm. run a little bit more efficiently. Right, and, and it's already, that reminds me of a few different like mergings of other modern forward thinking retail companies like a Poshmark or mm-hmm. even a Rent the Runway when it yeah. comes to like the shared the shared aspect. We uh, love Jen. She's been hugely uh, helpful to us. She's really? wonderful. Yes. So so yeah, pushing forward. Like, do you think that this is going to shape the way that that people not only shop but also manage their wardrobes? We think so. I mean, that's we say we're changing the way you manage your wardrobe, mm-hmm. or we at least provide this operating system for you, management system for you. Um, and yes, I do. I think I think it's a total disruptor, which is the hot word right now. But I really do believe that because, again, like people buy things in store and then retailers don't know where that item goes or don't know if they've used it or don't know if it's sold. We can do all of that for you. Um, so if you think about, you know, any sort of e-commerce site, they could say, hey, I w-, they could come to you and say, hey, I see that you have a Chanel bag from 1989 in your closet. Maybe you're not wearing it. I'd love to pay you for that. So if we're making money for our users on things they already own, um, they're going to want to stick around. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's a lot of potential here to really change the game. Right. And that goes back to the retailer relationship because Mm -hmm. sites like a Poshmark and a ThreadUp do sort of share. So it feels a little bit less like very personal. They take like this mass amount of customer data and share it back with them and the companies and and, uh, anyone else can learn of what's really trending in fashion right now. And it's an amount of data that like you said, the retailers don't get otherwise. So do you think that you've really tapped the potential of what you can do with that insight? Our biggest thing with data is that, you know, people are collecting data on people all over the web, right? Whenever you go to a site, there's being data collected on you and we're never going to change that. And so for us, we believe that your data should be working for you. So you're giving us all this data. You're letting us in, know your purchase history, and that's mm-hmm. incredibly valuable, right? And it's fully anonymized, by the way. Right. You're, it's not attached to your name, and everything's you know very protected. But we're very precious about that, and we believe that your data should be used for you. Um, for example, a lot of our users want to be styled. And so it's like, how can we take your data, your purchases, your purchase history, and also your purchase intent with your wish list and create an algorithm that actually helps you get dressed every morning? Because that's what our users want. And it's funny, when we set out to create this, we didn't necessarily think of styling because we're like, oh, we're not the authority on style. But you don't have to be when you know what brands people love, you know what Mm -hmm. colors they wear, you know what size they shop and whatever it may be. You can really create an incredible algorithm to dress them. And that's, you know, we just finished our seed round we just raised, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting for two women in tech. Yes. And um, and we're making huge hires to try to build that recommendation engine so that we can help you get dressed in the morning. And that's 
and I, I hate even talking about it, but that's the clueless closet come to life. That's how the clueless closet come to life. <laughs> it's funny. We, we never even associated it with clueless. And then so many people were saying, oh my gosh, I've always wanted the clueless closet and this is it. And it kind of stuck and it sort of explained what we did in a very short and right. easy way. But I, but I feel like if you've been following it, you've been burned because everyone says it, but it's never come to life. But until I now, think, <laughs> until now, thank you. Uh, so it, because, and also because you're starting with what people already own. So you don't have, like you said, you don't have to be an authority in style. Um, and, and back to the hires, where have you focused so far? Like who, as you've been building out, like what's your team look like and who do you want to work with? We just got a big hire from Stitch Fix, which was very exciting for mm-hmm. us. Um, and she has, she's really about sort of the, the marketing and user retention. So for us, you know, one of our flaws is that our users log in and we have all of these incredible features, but you know, Whitney and I were doing the UI UX until our raise and we don't know UI UX. We have no history in it. So we're mm-hmm. saying like, Oh, I think that they'll understand where to click for this tool. And, and we have all of these, uh, these incredible things that people can do on the site, but once they get there, they don't quite know that. So we really need to educate our user and that comes down to UI UX, right? Mm-hmm. It's like simple removing or changing where buttons go, um, working on wireframes, all of that, I think can really sort of streamline a process. And so we hired her to really help us with that, mm-hmm. um, work on member experience and also just the marketing. We hadn't put any dollars into marketing. Um, and so that was a big hire for us. And now we're working on really data science. We want people to come in who can take all this incredible data and build a service, a recommendation engine that can help our user. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Right. And and I think that as we're looking, you, you mentioned women in tech raising money, Stitch Fix, Rent the Runway. These are all companies that were founded by women. Mm-hmm. So as you guys were going through that process, what did you, did you feel like you needed to prove something like, especially because I'm sure it was a table full of men, maybe mm-hmm. one woman who was brought in because it's you yes. know a clothing company. What was the, what was the pitch like and how did you you know, verbalize like what differenti- differentiates you guys and, and all of that conversation. So the, you know, the, the hard thing about having this conversation is, is that we really believe in like, let's move this conversation forward, right? Let's talk about, yes, there's obviously a huge problem in technology as we've seen, especially in the last year. Right. Um, but let's move this conversation forward. And for us, you know, our lead investor, it was NEA, Tony Florence, it was a male. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it really takes to, to get women capital is men who believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge. The challenge isn't finding great men who want to invest in female-run companies. The challenge is educating men on the daily pain points that women face and have. Um, and we actually, we were talking to Jen about, uh, you know, we had actually several female founders helped us when we were preparing for our raise. And, you know, you have about 30 minutes in these meetings. And she said, you need to spend the first five minutes telling men why this is important, why you want two hours of your week back. And that was so frustrating to us because we said, why do we need to explain to someone how important this was? If a woman was in the room, she would fully understand how important this is. But it is important and you do have to explain it. So I think that's sort of the frustrating thing. It's 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 educating men on sort of the daily pain points that women face. Mm-hmm. But because we do that and we also have it backed with a solution that's all based in technology that's completely proprietary, I'm not saying it was easy to raise, but I'm saying there were a lot of people who were very excited about it. Yeah. Um, and that was incredibly helpful. So I think as long as you're offering solutions and you're really painting a clear picture of, of what sort of women need and what women want, you're going to have a lot of men in line mm-hmm. to help 
fund. Um, and, and that's in large part because of the companies that have come before us. You look at Away, Rent the Runway, mm-hmm. Real Real. You look at these companies who are run by women that are just killing it. Right. And they've really paved the way for companies like ours to come in because they're like, oh, women have the spending power? Okay, mm-hmm. that's a crowd that I want to sell to. Right. You know, um, and, and, and so I, I think the needle is moving in the right direction, but it does require a little education. I'm sure. And, and like you mentioned, um, and, and, and back to the, like what re- what role retailers can play one of your investors is far-fetched. And mm-hmm. so you want to be brand agnostic, but could you see like an integration with a multi-brand retailer? Potentially. And and the biggest thing with them is we wanted to make sure like, yes, we, you know, the good thing about Farfetch is that they are a technology-based fashion company. Yeah. I think really the most progressive fashion company out there, retailer out there, um, and they're investing in technology. And so that's why they invested in us. Um, and I do think there's potential there. And I do think they represent so many small businesses and so mm-hmm. many different brands that I do think there's sort of potential for a partnership there. Um, but right now they just really believe in what we're doing and they really believe it's the future of technology and fashion. And so they saw an opportunity and pounced. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, going back to what you said about the marketing spend and, and just putting a little bit more dollars behind that, um, and you mentioned a brand like Away. We've seen so many well-funded direct-to-consumer brands coming up right now, and they've kind of really set the tone for what a modern marketing scheme looks like or yep. strategy. What What do you guys do when it's a little bit different? It's not saying, it's not a brand. It's not really, it's, we talk so much about like the brand story and how brands emotionally connect with someone. How do you take that and, and adapt it for what Finery does? It's complicated. And it's actually funny, this is something we faced in our raise because a lot of these companies that are out there are, selling something, right? So you can see profitability easily. With a company like ours, there's a huge upside, but it's technology. So it's about building your community. Um, and, And for us, the biggest, I guess, sort of marketing advantage that we have is just that we are solving for a problem that women have in their life, and we are saving them time. And it's my job, frankly, to build our community. So that's a very good question for me and something I'm still navigating. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we thought this was going to be a really independent experience for our users and, and they do want to have a community and they do want to help each other. And I think we're in a really interesting time in our culture, in technology, where it's all about sort of women helping women. Finally, we got here. Well, we built technology to actually back that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, we sort of, I look at all of these sort of direct to consumer retailers and they've been, a lot of these founders have been incredibly helpful to us, but we sort of need to look at like the Instagrams of the world, the Twitters of the world and say like, okay, that was less about selling and retail and more about building a community. And that's what we're working on now. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And do you want to just tell us what's your specific role at the company? You mentioned a little bit about building the community and and branding. Um, And what does that entail? What's your, what's your daily job? Like it's it's the first company that you've co-founded. So yes, Um, (laughs) I am learning on the go. I started out with Whitney. We were quite literally just drawing wireframes and trying to figure out how the site would actually work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was working on a lot of the imagery and the design of the site. We wanted it to feel like a retail site. We wanted to look like an e-commerce site because we wanted it to be comfortable for our users. Like she was actually shopping her own closet. Now that we have real experts working on that, we no longer are needed in that territory. Um, And so, you know, I love to learn about our user. I want to talk to our user and figure out, you know, what frustrates her with the site, what she's excited about, which potential she sees. Um, So I'm really involved with the the customer getting to know our user and then building a community around them Um, and currently working on it now. 
Hopefully it grows. Mm-hmm. If we don't have any users in the next six months, you can blame me. <laughs> um, but that's my job right now. And as far as like daily role, I don't live in New York. Our whole team is based in New York and mm-hmm. I work in Los Angeles. So I'm on Slack every day. Um, and when you're a co-founder, you're kind of doing everything and not an expert at anything, That's- or at least in my <laughs> personal experience. Is that horrible to say? Whitney, our CEO, sitting next to me, shaking her head like, do not say that you're not an expert at anything. Do not say that. Um, no, but it's a lot of on-the-job learning. Right. And this is my first you know, company and also the first time I've ever sort of ventured into technology. Right. So there's a lot of learning to be done, but luckily we're surrounded by a team who knows what they're doing. I'm sure. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> That's helpful. And as you, and as you look ahead... Uh, as you, you know, and you're looking to build the users, build the community, what are your priorities in, in, in terms of making that happen? Like, what do you see the, the biggest potential? Is it a big social media blowout? Is it influencers? Is it in real life events? Um, we see, you know, companies trying these things all the time. We're moving towards events. Mm-hmm. We were kind of steering away from that. Um, but again, we're responding to our users. Yeah. And our users want to know each other and they want to share outfits and they want to style each other. And we didn't realize how important styling would be to our user, which I think was very short-sighted on my end. I just thought having all of these tools would be enough. But women want to be styled and it makes sense. That saves them time. They don't have to mm-hmm. spend any mind share on figuring out what to wear. Um, and so we really want to do events in different cities and kind of bring these like minded women together um, and have a conversation about, you know, saving time. Where else can I be spending my two hours? Hopefully with Team Finery, you know? Um, but but yeah, I mean, we, we, we have sort of an influencer marketing strategy that we do with sort of featured wardrobes um, mm-hmm. because a lot of our users wanted to see into influencers' wardrobes. So we do offer that. Right. Um, but that's, I think that's something fun that's fun to browse, but it's not actually giving a tool mm-hmm. to our users. And we're all about doing what's best for them and, and, and responding to their needs and saving them time. Um, and I think really building a community where they can help each other and dress each other is, is a big solution to that. Right. And as that grows and, and becomes a much more dynamic community, especially when you consider the fact that you guys aren't pushing people towards buying, because I can already see in my head, like you wore this, 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 mm-hmm. you might like this. Here's a, here's a recommendation. Um, as much as you can share in that, considering all that, what, what's the road to profitability look like? There are so many different paths and we're not quite there yet. We're still, again, like when you look at sort of the Instagram approach, it's like, let's build our audience. Let's Mm -hmm. build our community. That's our first priority and being very responsive to their needs. Um, But if you're following the full life cycle of the wardrobe, if you're following point of, or really intent to buy point of purchase and then getting rid of the items, sort of when they, when they wear it and then getting rid of the items, sort of the re-commerce thing there, there's a lot of potential for profitability. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, we right now we're in the growth stage still and we're all about growing our user base and letting women know that there's a solution right to this missing two hours every week right <laughs> uh just tell me what to wear and what looks good exactly that's what you guys will be exactly <laughs> um all right i think we're, we're just about out of time but thank you so much brooklyn for chatting with us thank you and thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode and in the meantime be sure to subscribe on itunes google play and stitcher and leave us any feedback you have 